glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. First Corinthians fourteen ten. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Read it one more time. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. The context of what Paul is saying here inside the context is he's talking about the the subject of tongues, the gift of tongues given by the Holy Spirit of God, and how that it is better to say a few words that can be understood than a bunch of words that cannot. And he's talking about even a trumpet, if it sound, has a meaning to it. And so even so in our world... There's many voices. Now, again, before we pray and go to Genesis 3, I want you to think about how many voices are in your life, especially you young people. By voices, I mean people that are communicating a message to you. They're telling you something they want you to know, and you've got to decide who you're going to believe. So I'll just be honest with you. I know that if you come to church here, what you hear, whether it's me preaching here tonight or if it's in a junior church or Sunday school is not going to say the same thing that you hear in the public school classroom. I'll give you one example. There may be some things that would say the same. We're going to say that 2 plus 2 equals 4, right? Most classrooms will say that anyway. Um, What we're going to tell you, though, is that the Bible says you were created by God. So there's a voice. I'm going to lift my voice and say, God created you. Well, one of the verses that is our theme for this meeting is, Remember now thy who? creator in the days of thy youth. Meaning while you're young, you think about who created you. If you listen to what the voice of the educators of our day say in the public school and the colleges, you were not created, you evolved. Now here you have to make a choice. You young people, you're with me tonight? If you were created, you did not evolve. And if you evolved, you were not created. Those two voices do not agree. They do not agree. So in the realm of how we all got here. You got a lot of voices. Among the voices of say, that say we evolved, some say we evolved from slime in the ocean. Some say that we evolved through a big bang. Some say it's a combination of the, the two. There's about 270 or 80 theories of evolution last time I checked. So even those voices don't agree. We're going to tell you the Bible is absolutely perfect and you can trust every word. You're going to have other voices that say, no, it's a good book, but you can't trust all of it. And others say it's a bad book because it's trying to manipulate people's lives. And all kinds of voices, all kinds of you got the influence of your television and what people on there and the programs tell you. There are voices today that tell you it's okay for men to marry men and ladies to marry ladies. And other people say, no, that's a sin. A lot of voices, aren't there? And they don't all agree. So what do you do in a world where there are so many voices, so many people talking to you and telling you what you ought to believe? Who do you listen to? Well, let's go back to Genesis chapter 3. This is nothing new. You see, God has already spoken about many, many things. God's voice has already been given. He's already said the truth in so many areas. He wrote much of that truth into the conscience of your heart. So many things that are true, you already know them instinctively. No one had to tell you. You would already know that, but there are going to be voices that tell you, know what you know to be true, such as there's a creator, there's a difference between right and wrong, and identifying some of those things. Some people would say, no, that's not true. 
And may I say this, your life and your eternity is going to end up being determined by what voice you listen to. That's what it boils down to. If you read the book of Proverbs, it's going to tell you if you listen to the voice of wisdom, she cries to you, God wants you to be wise. He wants you to make good decisions. And if you listen to wisdom, she'll bless you. But if you listen to folly, folly will destroy you. So let's go ahead and pray. We'll actually read a couple of verses in Genesis 2 and then in Genesis 3, a very well-known text all the way back in the beginning of time and to give you some thoughts this evening about whose voice you're going to hear. You're going to listen to the voice of the Lord God or the voice that competes with Him. Let's go ahead and pray one more time. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name again. Lord, I thank you for each person who's here tonight, young and older alike. Lord, we all need uh, what, what is what the message from your word. I pray especially for our young people. Lord, help them, I pray, to realize uh, that, Lord, you're speaking to them. And, the Lord, that they would learn to recognize your voice and listen to you and obey you. Lord, for their blessing and their benefit, Lord. And I pray, please help me now as I preach, to preach with the right heart and mind and mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. All right? Now, the word voice is not used here, but how many of us, I'm going to read that again. I want you to be paying close enough attention to tell me what God told Adam, okay? So, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. This is before sin came, but Adam's working in the garden. Verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but... Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Is it pretty clear what the voice of God said to Adam? All right? How many of us would like to have one rule in life, and that's it? Just one. Adam and Eve had how many rules? One. God said, you know what? I made all of these trees for you to eat. And you can eat from any of them. Isn't God stingy and mean? I mean, look at what he does. Look how mean he is. You can eat of any of these trees, but there's just one. And I don't want you to eat it. It's right in the middle of the garden. So you can eat all around that thing. You can eat. But this one tree, I don't want you to eat it. Because I want to prove to you I'm boss. Right? No. God knew he was the boss, and so did Adam. There was no confusion about that. Why did God not want Adam to eat that tree? Because he said, when you eat that, it's going to kill you. I was looking up today. There are different kinds of berries that you can eat and you'll wish you hadn't. And there's a certain, a certain berry called a pokeberry. Anybody ever seen a pokeberry? They grow on a purple stock, a pink purple stock. Have you seen one of those? Okay, don't eat them, right? They look like huckleberries. They really do. Now, they don't look like a huckleberry bush, but the berry looks like a huckleberry or a small blueberry. And they say if a child ingests them, it will kill a small child. And if an adult ingests enough of them, they'll kill an adult. But you look at that berry and it looks good. Now, a parent would say, I just said to Autumn, if you've seen a pokeberry, don't eat it. Why? I don't want her to die. What a mean, what a mean preacher. Don't eat pokeberries, right? Sounds like something from the South to me. But anyway, uh, the point would be this. God said, and some might charge God, say, well, why would he make that tree? I want to tell you something. I don't understand it all. 
But God didn't create a bunch of robots when he made us, people that have to do what he says without their own choice. God says, I, by the way, what would be the only thing that would keep Adam and Eve from eating of that? Was God going to stop them? The only thing that would stop them was his word and their love and trust in him enough to say, if he said don't do it, we won't. And all was well. They didn't eat it until one day, Genesis chapter 3. Now let's read this. Another voice entered their life. At this point, God would come and he would, they would know him because of his voice. We see that in chapter 3 and speak with him. And he's given Adam a clear commandment. You can eat of all the trees, but of that tree in the midst of the garden, don't eat of it or you'll die. But then in chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God. There it is. They heard what? The voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, back here in Genesis chapter 3, we find really in the lives of Adam and Eve how many voices? Really just two. You have the voice of God... And you have the voice of the serpent, which is talking about Satan. Satan took over that serpent, if you would, and used him as a tool. And the serpent wasn't on his belly back then. He wasn't a snake that would bite you necessarily. But Satan got control of that serpent. He was a beautiful creature. And one day Eve walks up and the serpent says, Hey, Eve. All, all of a sudden there's another voice. She's been hearing the voice of God. It was very clear to her, we can eat all these wonderful trees, but we just don't eat that one. But another voice came into her life saying, you know what? Let me give you another idea. Let me present to you a better way. May I say to you, there are things that God has said. He has said that he created us. He has told us that he loved us. He has put down some things. He says, this is right for you. This is wrong for you. And I believe this, when you're first born, your conscience is clean and clear. But at some point in time, there's another voice in your life that says, hey, hey, well, how about trying this? And how about this? And Satan is called the tempter in the Bible. And that's what he does to Eve here. So let's, let's consider a couple of things. First of all, I want us to go back and consider uh, the voice of the Lord and the declaration that he made to Adam and Eve. And here, I want to give you this so you can help recognize God's voice when you hear it. Tonight, are we going to hear God say from heaven, Lillian! Is it going to work like that? He doesn't speak audibly. God speaks to us by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, through people. He uses people. The, the, the person of God working today is what the Bible calls the Holy Spirit, but God does speak to us. And there's a few things about when God speaks that it's true about His Word today. We'll see a, a number of things about the voice of the Lord tonight. And the first thing is what He actually said. When I asked you about it a minute ago when I said... When God spoke, may I ask you this, was it hard to understand what God said? 
Was it hard? Adam and Eve got, God got them talking to Adam and he says, now you can eat all of all the trees that are in the garden, but not one. Isn't that hard to understand? No, when God speaks, his word is very clear and concise. Some people say, well, aren't there things hard to understand in the Bible? Yes. But what God wants us to know, when God wants us to know something, the Bible says God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where we start tonight, tells us that God is not the author of confusion. Let me ask you something. If we weren't created, somebody help me tonight. If we weren't created, how did we get here then? That's where the scientists say, ooh, that's the big question. No one will ever really know. We're rather uncertain And so once you take away the truth, God makes it clear, doesn't he? He says, I made you. I spoke the world into existence. He tells us how many days it took him to do it. He tells us what he made on the first day, and what he made on the second day, and what he made on the third day, what he made on the fourth day, and the fifth, and the sixth, and on the seventh day he rested. He stopped from his work. See, when you read how God says we all came about, it's very clear. God created us. Once you don't believe that and you listen to another voice, you go, well, I don't know. I don't know. Let me tell you something. God's word, his voice, will not confuse you. It will not confuse you. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody real quickly, give me a count. How many light fixtures do we have hanging from the ceiling tonight? Not not the bulbs, just these nice and pretty fixtures. We got Got, we got one more than that. We're not going to count the fans, just these fancy lights down through here, these nice, pretty ones. What did you say over there, Casey? Eight? You say eight? You say eight? How many of us agree there's eight? Okay. Now, how are we sure? Maybe there's nine. You know why, you know why we know? The light is on and you can see. It's not hard, is it? You see, when God's voice speaks, he makes things clear. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light in my path. His word is clear. It's very concise. Did Adam, help me here tonight, did Adam know which tree not to eat of? He sat and said, well, God said don't eat of one of these trees, but boy, I don't know which one. Oh, boy. No, God made it very clear. He made it simple for him. And I understand Satan has complicated things since then. But I want to see God's word was clear. God's word was concise. But I'll say something else about God's word. It was commanding. God didn't say... You can live how you want if you want to, but I suggest perhaps don't eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. It might hurt you. Is that the way God spoke? No, it was commanded. God speaks with authority. He's not confused, so he speaks with authority. God knows, listen to me, God knows what is best for you. That's why he doesn't say, if you like obeying your parents and you like honoring them, try that out, but if that's not fun for you, try something else. That's not the way God speaks, is it? No, honor thy father and thy mother. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Husbands, love your wives. So wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. Servants, obey your masters. I mean, it's clear, concise commandments. God says that we, we are to believe on his son, Jesus Christ, to have our sins forgiven. That's pretty clear, isn't it? God's word is clear and concise, but it's commanding. You see, God understands he's God, and it doesn't trouble him to tell us what to do. Now, wouldn't you rather somebody in your life that leaves it up to you? Wouldn't it be nicer if the voice in your life didn't tell you you must be born again? Instead, he said, 
Now, nah, that's a little narrow-minded. If you like the idea of being born again, that's good for you. But if not, there's other options. Here's, let me ask you, which, which person wants to control your life more, God or that old serpent? God wants to control your life, but not for his own benefit, but for yours. Does Satan want to be God in your life? Oh, yes, but is he going to come up and command you to do anything? Never. No? No, he'll suggest things to you. And so we find the declaration of God's voice. It was very clear. It was very concise. It was commanding. Don't eat of these, this one tree. You can eat of all of the trees. The last thing I said about God's voice is it was rooted in his care. God spoke to Adam and Eve and warned them about that tree because he loved them. He said, you eat of all the other trees. I've provided them for you, but you leave that tree alone. Why does God warn you about certain sins in your life? Why are there certain things that God says stay away from? Because he loves you. Because he cares about you. So then we don't only see what God declared. We see the, the disagreement with the voice of God or the, the defiance of the voice of God. Look at Genesis chapter 3. Now there's another voice. Adam and Eve have heard what God said. It's very clear what they're supposed to do. Eat of all the trees, but don't eat of that one. Very simple. But then somebody came along and complicated it. Now the serpent was more subtle than a beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, if God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the, the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Let's say uh, somebody comes along and you find this beautiful purple bush. And it's got these beautiful dark purple berries. And you say, man, that looks yummy. And then all of a sudden you remember, but wait. Remember that night we were in that church service and somebody said there was some bush called pokeberries. And you say, I'm not eating that. And some guy is sitting there picking them. He's picking them. Filling his buckets full. And you're like, whoa, hey, those will make you sick. And he says, no, they won't make you sick. In fact, in fact, they taste just like huckleberries, but I'm selling them for $15 a gallon. I mean, no, you can't touch huckleberries for $15 a gallon. And you say, he said, what nut told you that these berries would hurt you? And you're like, well, he's a preacher. <laughs> One of those. One of those preachers, huh? All he wants to do is keep you from having a good deal. You see, you don't understand. You eat these pokeberries, they're not only going to taste like huckleberries. But if you learn to pick them like me, you're going to get rich. And that preacher's just trying to keep you from a good time. Isn't that exactly what happened in the garden? Now, there are things God tells you if you do with your body and if you do with your life, it will destroy you. It'll destroy your mind. It'll destroy your conscience. And Satan says, no. No, 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 no. That religion stuff is just about keeping you from having fun. Here's what Satan did. He's very subtle. He didn't come up to Eve and say, Eve, let me tell you something. I hate God because God wouldn't let me tell him what to do. So I hate God because God thinks he's in charge and I'm going to be God, not him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill you to get back at God. I'm going to take over and you're going to do what I want you to and it'll make really God upset, God really upset because he loves you and I hate him. So I'm going to destroy what he loves. Isn't that great? If Satan had told Eve that, what would she have done? She said, ah! 
and ran away. But instead, Satan says, no, I'm far too smart for that. I am going to control Eve and get her to do what I want while she thinks she's doing what she wants. Listen to what I just said. I'm going to get her to do what I want her to do, but she'll think she's doing what she wants to do. When you sin, you are doing what Satan wants you to do while thinking that you really are just doing it because you want to do it. He has duped you into not listening to the voice of God. Instead, you're listening to his voice, and the end result is exactly what God says it will be. Death. The wages of sin is death. And so Satan, his voice is subtle. He is suggestive. He says, Eve, did God say, I'm just curious, did God say you can't eat of all these trees? He did, by the way, did Satan knew what God said? Oh, of course he did. But he wants to, he wants to challenge what God says. And he said, did, did God actually tell you you couldn't eat of all the trees? He said, we can eat of all but one. And she said, but he told us if we eat that one, we'll die. He said, no. And then he slanders God. Now, as we go through these messages this week, you're going to find there are voices that hate God. And they're really Satan using people. And there are those that have a, they have a horrid attitude toward God. I don't want God telling me what to do. And you don't need to let God tell you what to do. May I say tonight... You're either listening to the voice of your creator or you're listening to the voice of the serpent. And the voice of the serpent may be given to you through a friend. It may be given to you through a family member. It may be given through your own imaginations. But that old serpent knows how to subtly get us irritated with God and make us think that God is a mean old ogre in the skies who just wants you to be bored. And if you follow God, you'll be an ignorant dummy. You know, a lot of people think about people that go to church and believe the Bible. Oh, those simpletons. You know what they're saying? You must engage in sin and listen to Satan to be truly wise. He's an angel of light. Satan says he knows more than God. And so you have the voice of God in in what he declared to them. But then you have the voice of Satan in defying and denying what God said. So here's what God said. If you eat of the tree, you'll die. What What did the serpent say? No, if you eat of the tree, you won't die. You'll actually not die. You'll live better. You know, he says to you tonight, the old serpent says to you tonight, if you listen to that Bible and believe it and only believe what that Bible says, you are really going to miss out. You have to think outside of that archaic old book. You really believe the Bible came from God? Don't you know it was written by men? You know what that kind of thing is? It's getting you, Satan can't get you to listen to him until he gets you to stop listening to God. And so then you're not going to believe that, are you? And so then we find the disagreement, if you would, with the voice of God. Then we find a sad matter, and that is in verse 5 and 6, we find disobedience to the voice of God. So we've seen the declaration of his voice, the disagreement with his voice, and the defiance of it. Then verse 5 and 6, we find the disobedience to it. Eve made a decision. Verse 5, For God doth know, Satan says, the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now don't miss what I'm going to tell you right now. Her disobedience was based on whose voice? 
Whose voice had she? Had many, she had two voices in her life. God saying, don't eat of the tree. The serpent saying, do eat of the tree. And she looked at the tree, and what she saw lined up more with what the serpent said than what God said. What she saw and what she felt made Satan's message seem true. Satan knew that. Did she look at the fruit and go, oh, I can tell. That's got big... How many, you guys that went to Mexico, how many of you would like to go take a bite of cactus? Like, right there. Now, some of us ate some cactus. We ate the little prickly pears on the end. They opened those up. What they call that? Tuna, they go. It's not like any tuna I ever ate. It was yummy. It's good, real sweet. But I'm not going to go up to a cactus and just start chewing down some pricklies. Would you? That's not what Satan offered her. By the way, it wasn't an apple either. But I want you to know this. Though Satan's voice was subtle and he's, re- he's calling God a liar, what he said made a lot of sense. It was reasonable. He said, that fruit is, God told you it's bad for you. It's actually good for you. And when she looked at it, she saw that it was what for food? Good. If I told you today, now, we're going to go down to the gas station, and I'm going to put my card in there, and I'm going to pay for it, and I want you to open up your mouth, and we're going to pump a little inside. Who, who's, who's game? No way. You, one whiff of that stuff, you're like, no. Let's do this, though. Let's put it in a glass bottle, put a beautiful label on it, charge $34.95, and then get you to put it in your belly. That's all alcohol is. Say, no, it's not. Do you realize how close corn liquor from East Tennessee and, and the gasolines you put in your tank are? They're almost the exact same substance. But, but somebody says, don't drink that white lightning. And somebody says, oh, it must be good. No, it'll kill you. You with me? When you can make sin look good, then you think, oh, I'm doing something good for me. When you're not. And what happened is when Eve looked at what she could see and when she listened to what Satan said, what Satan said made more sense than what God said. When you look at how Christians live and you look at how non-Christians live, I look at, I get it, their life looks more fun. It does. Satan says, you live the Christian life, you'll have to sit on some old gray chairs listening to some half-bald preacher tell you what not to do. That's not fun. However, if you do whatever you want to do and you ignore the voice of God, well, you can, man, I mean, you could go out and party and have fun. No rules, no restrictions, and no consequences. Eh? Problem is, he's a liar. And all I'm trying to say to you is say, no, no, the devil couldn't fool me. I can see his tricks. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> what happens is the voice of God speaks. And he says, I want to protect you and I want to provide for you and I want you safe and I want you to live forever. And Satan says, I want to kill you and I want to destroy you and I want to do it while you think you're making your life happier and better than ever. Eh? So the voice of God declared the truth. It was defied by Satan, and then it was disobeyed by Eve. She made a choice just like each one of you. Listen to me closely. You have many voices in your life. Guess who gets to choose which voice you're going to listen to? You do. No one else can choose that for you. No one else can choose who you're going to listen to. You can listen to God and believe. What would have protected Eve? If she heard what that serpent said... And she saw the fruit, but she said, but you know what? 
God made me and God loves me and I'm going to trust what he said. I'm not going to trust how I feel. I'm not going to trust what I see. I'm not going to trust what I'm hearing this old serpent say. I'm going to trust the voice of God. God said that tree is bad for me and I believe him. What did she stop doing? She stopped believing that God told the truth. Can I help you something? I'm going to get very practical. If you believe that we evolved, you have stopped listening to God. If you believe that you can make yourself a good person, you are not believing God. You're believing Satan. If you believe that you are in basically a good person inside, that if you can have good things around you, you could be a good person That's not what God says. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So here's what Eve did. She made a decision of disobedience. She did what Satan wanted her to do, thinking she was going to have a better life. Many a young person has run right by what they know is true and right, thinking they'll be happier, thinking they'll know more, and because they believe the wrong voice. And then finally, we not only see the declaration of his voice, what he said. We find the defiance of his voice, what Satan said. We find disobedience to his voice, what the woman decided to do. She decided to believe the lie instead of the truth. But then we finally find the deliverance from by God's voice. It's God's voice that will deliver you from the lies of Satan. You know what happened. We won't read it again. After they sinned, did they ever look at themselves the same again? You know what? When you sin and you know it, you'll never think the same about yourself again. When you sin, it brings guilt, a feeling of shame and dirtiness on the inside. So what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? They were already without their clothing, but after they sinned, they looked and said, oh my, we're ashamed. They realized they needed something to cover them, and so they went and all of a sudden, I can just imagine what happens is Eve, when she disobeyed, let me make this point before we move on. When she disobeyed, the Bible says in verse 6 that uh, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, Adam has some voices at work in his life. Who is the voice of the serpent or the devil in his life? All of a sudden, now that Eve has disobeyed, she gets somebody else to disobey with her. Boy, that's not uncommon, is it? When we listen to the wrong voice and we've disobeyed, we want somebody else to join us. We're trying to get people, come sin with me. Well, Eve did. And Adam willingly, knowingly disobeyed with her. Now they're both in sin and ashamed. And they would have stayed that way and died and gone to an eternity without God if God didn't speak to them again. But what happened is, is God spoke to them. God's voice was heard. The Bible says in verse 7, And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they knew they'd done wrong, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and they heard what? The voice of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said to him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I was talking to the men in the jail yesterday, some men who've been listening to wrong voices, We're talking about he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. And I referenced this story right here. And I said, what happens is when we have guilt and sin on our conscience, meaning we know we've listened to Satan and sin and ignored God, even if it's just the voice of God in our conscience, not even maybe even the Bible, just in our conscience. And we know, you know, all of a sudden we don't want anything to do with God. And people try to correct their disobedience to God a couple of ways. 
First of all, what they'll do when God tries to speak to them, they run and hide. There are some people, if I knock on their door because they know I'm going to preach the Bible, they hide. Is it because they're hiding from Pastor Neil or because they're hiding from God? You know why sometimes we don't want to come to church? Let me just be very honest. It has nothing to do with all the hypocrites in church. I heard had a guy in jail tell me that yesterday. You know, one of the reasons I refrain from going to church many times because there's so many people that are hypocrites there. You say, well, we'll never overcome that until some non-hypocrites start coming. Uh, right? Or just come and add one more. We'll all be hypocrites together. Now, there, look, there are churches I understand that are full of hypocrites. I get that. But may I say this? What happens is if it's a Bible-preaching church where the Word of God is given, you know what we're really doing when we avoid the Bible, when we avoid Bible preaching, when we avoid good Christians? You know what we're really doing? God's trying to speak to us to show us that He wants to help us and save us, but instead of coming to Him and saying, God, I disobeyed you. You have every right to to destroy me. Instead, we say, if I hide from him, maybe he'll never know how bad I am. If I don't have to hear his voice telling me I've done wrong, maybe he won't ever point it out and I will actually be able to overcome the consequence of my wrong. God said, if I ate the fruit, I would die. Well, I'll just hide from God so he can't get me. A lot of people, that's why they avoid the Bible, it's why they avoid church, it's why they avoid preaching, because through those means... The God is speaking, saying, hey, where are you? We know that God is the one we're accountable to. So what did Adam and Eve do? First thing they did, they got them some fig leaves. They said, man, we don't look right. Let's make ourselves look better. So let's do some religious things and we'll try to, you know, my dad calls it overcompensating. We'll do a lot of good things so that nobody will know we've done bad things. You know, I'm going to steal my mom's money off of her dresser, but then tomorrow I'm going to give her a piece of chocolate so she'll think I'm a sweetheart. Right? What we do. If I do something really nice, it'll cover up from the really bad thing I did, and that's what false religion is, us just trying to pretend we never did wrong when we did. And so the voice of God came, and the first thing it does, it finds where they are. You, you can't hide from God. If He wants to find you, He will. His eyes are in every place. Isn't it amazing how God puts Christians in people's lives? Meaning, you you weren't looking for God. You want God to leave you alone. I've sinned. Surely he's not happy with me. I just want God to leave me alone. And he sends somebody by you that says, Hey, would you read this when you have a chance? You're like, leave me alone already. Some guy knocks on your door. Hey, would you like to get on the bus and come to church this Sunday? No, I want to sin and without not feel bad about it. (laughs) Right? But God's not going to leave us alone. God loves us too much to leave us alone. And so God's voice speaks and says, Hey, Adam, where are you? It's because God didn't know, right? No, he asked the question so Adam would have to tell him. What if God said to you tonight, Where are you? Are you coming close to me? Are you wanting to listen to me? Or are you trying to hide from me? Jonah tried to hide from God and God found him. The voice of the Lord reveals where you really are. You say, what does that mean? The Bible. When the Bible is read, the Bible is preached, when the Bible is obeyed, it's light that shows what our true relationship with God is. You know what I'll say? People that hate the Bible don't know God. End of story. People that hate the Bible or people that pick it apart until it means nothing, the reason that is because they don't want to be known what they really, truly are. 
But God's eyes see everything. So God spoke and found where they were, didn't he? He found them. So God's word reveals us. But then when God found them, what did he do? God finds Adam and Eve. He says, Adam said, well, God, I hid myself because I was naked. And he said, who told you? Did you eat of that tree? Now, God already knew. What God could have done is, now, Adam, buddy, I know you ate of the tree, but I love you anyway, and I'll act like it never happened. Is that what he did? God loves you enough he's going to make you face what you've done wrong. God's not going to say, look, I know you disobey your parents, and I know you don't do what's right, and I know you steal things, and I know you say bad words, and you watch filthy things, and you listen to dirty things, but I love you, and that's okay. Is that what God did with Adam and Eve? No. God loves you enough to say, what did you do? What did you do, Adam? You know what Adam did? He owned right up, didn't he? He said, it was her fault. Eh? Same thing we do. Well, I couldn't help it. So-and-so, my brother, my sister. No. God held them to it until they finally had to acknowledge, we've disobeyed. Right? So God's word rebuked them and reproved them. But you know what God's word did? God's voice. God kept speaking to them and kept speaking to them until they acknowledged what the Bible would call God brought them to a place of repentance. We know that because when God says, look, what you've done to try to cover your sins, I don't accept. And God killed some animals and took their skins and said, this is what it's going to take to cover you. You can't just go pluck a few leaves and make things look better. You're going to have to let me provide something for you to take care of what you've done wrong. And that's a picture of Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve, what had to die for Adam and Eve to make aprons of skin of, of leaves? Nothing died. They could just pluck a few leaves and make a little apron, make themselves feel a little better, but they still knew they weren't ready to meet God. But God says, no, it's not what you're going to do for yourself. It's what I'm going to do for you. And let's read in the end of the chapter, Genesis chapter 3, in verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. Who clothed them so now they don't have to be ashamed anymore? Did they clothe themselves or did God clothe them? And what had to happen for them to get their clothes? Now look, tonight I'm wearing a tie. And the only thing that had to happen here is some crops had to be harvested and spun into some silk. Right? No animal had to die for me to get this, this tie. But my shoes are made from leather. Meaning some animal had to die for me to wear my shoes tonight. What had to happen for Adam and Eve, instead of them, God killing them, God killed an animal in their place. That didn't fully take care of their sins forever. It was just a picture of what God would one day do. Jesus is called the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You can try. Listen closely. I'm almost done. When Every one of us in this room at some point in time have listened to the wrong voice. We've, instead of listening to God, speaking into our conscience, speaking through people who love us, speaking through the Bible, we've said, no, I can actually disobey God, and it'll be better than, than obeying Him. That's called sin. And then we do that, we think, well, God must be upset with me because I've been doing things He told me not to. He is upset with you, but He's willing to forgive you and put something on you where He'll not see your sin anymore. And what He's done is He sent His Son, Jesus, and the Lord Jesus died so you don't have to. And what happens is when God says, I offer you my son Jesus, and when you accept him, all your shame and sin is covered forever. That's called forgiveness. Now tonight, listen, I'm almost done. You may be sitting here and saying, 
oh boy, I know I've listened to the wrong voice. But maybe the voice of God is speaking to you tonight saying, you have done wrong. You have disobeyed me. I am displeased with you. But I'm willing to put your sin away forever if you'll let me. Did Adam and Eve clothe themselves or did God clothe them? Were their, was their clothing a gift or something they worked for? It was a gift. How can your sins be put away forever? The things you've done that make you feel ashamed and guilty. God says, my son came and died for you. And if you will call on him, he'll put away your sin forever. That's what it's called to be saved. Saved.